Good evening, everyone. Welcome. Were you here last night? Yes. Yeah. Interesting discussion. So, any questions tonight? Yes. Um, I was talking to someone, and they told me um, that we were, we were talking, and um, you were talking to someone, <laughs> and you were talking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like okay, have like so many thoughts right now. Um, it's okay. You're not alone. <laughs> what is it? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Um, yes, Matsi and I were talking, and she was saying that um, Rupa Goswami <laughs> did a lot of his writings um, at Terakadamba, and I was kind of thinking that that was interesting considering um, his bhava, and, and I would think that he would write in a more, more Dorya Rasa place, and I thought it was interesting that he was writing in a Sakirasa kind of place. So I was wondering, is there like any reason for that? Um, it makes sense. Yeah, that's a thoughtful question. And um, there is a presiding deity of Krishna Balar and Bharatirkadamba now, at least in the present time and the uh, present Mahant there. I mean, I've been there in years, but in, in recent decades, assume it remains the same. Um, and um, and uh, w- as an aside, but very much related to your question, um, Pujapad uh, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur, as you know, instituted a Braj Mandal Parakram uh, and uh, would do it annually, so they would circumambulate the brudge and camp out overnight and and discuss um, the uh, have lila kata and so forth at the different lila stali, the places of uh, Krishna's pastimes, unearthed, uncovered, revealed, if you will, by the by the Goswamis who were um, commissioned and empowered to do so. Another example of a soft form of the apricot lila, in other words, living in Braj at a time when Krishna was not um, uh, performing his prakat or manifest lila. Hmm? They had visions un- of the unmanifest visions, visions of the lila that were not um, um, visible to anyone else, like during the Prakat Lila when Krishna is here, then everyone sees. Of course, you only see with the eye of love, but everyone could see Krishna in different ways. Famous Malanam, what is it, verse? In, uh, on the, uh, the dais in Mathura. So they saw him in so many, some, so many different angles, right? <clears throat> the point of view of Rasa, he is Rasa Raj. So at any rate, during his manifest Leela, and everyone can see him in some respects, but when his Leela is unmanifest, then some people can see his Leela also. Being preoccupied, as they are, with meditations on, recalling thoughts of, chanting about the, the, the manifest Leela. And especially in Brudge, this is a um, uh, place, um, has a great uh, power, potential 
to afford one an insight, an experience of the Leela that's not manifest before anyone else. Therefore, it's strongly recommended by Rupa Goswami amongst the different angas or limbs of the body of bhakti to Maturavasa, to reside in Matura. <clears throat> so we and we know also from the Bhagavat, it's a clear uh, and important teaching of the of the text and of the Gaudiya tradition that Krishna Lila, despite it be, it it becoming unmanifest in Braj, is invisibly always taking place in Braj and is glimpsed by great devotees at different times. Hmm. That's why, for example, Narada in in um, ministering to Dhruva told him to go and live in Mahavan. Hmm. Because Krishna's Leela is actually going on there, even though it wasn't at the time. It's a very powerful place. Um, that's one of the examples from from the Bhagavatam itself that the commentators have drawn on to emphasize that point. Um, and of course, in a more um, direct way, uh, drawing as he does from the Bhagavatam, Jiva Goswami has spoken about the the hallucinations, the what do you call them? We call them spurtis. Uh, in, in Sanskrit, spurtis, hallucinations of Krishna, hmm? that the uh, gopas and gopis would have. The implication of that is the very word spurti, translated appropriately as, as hallucination, the implication is, is this just in my mind, <laughs> or is he actually here? Is this just an hallucination? Am I delirious? Or is he actually here? Hmm? And uh, so this is this is the kind of thing that went on in the minds of the gopas and the gopis when Krishna was in Mathura, of course, and left Braj ostensibly. The idea is he's still remaining there, hmm? although he's not physically there. Even when he's physically, so to speak, in Dwarka, hmm? he's more present in Braj than he is in Dwarka. And to just to go into the theology on this a little bit, an obvious um, explanation of that is that the love for Krishna in Braj hmm, is more intense and intimate than it is in Dwarka. Hmm. The love of the gopis, for example, in Madhurya Rasa, is um, samartarati. Yeah. And the love of the queens is referred to Rupa Goswami is uh, Samanjana, another form of Madhurya Rasa. It won't reach the heights, for example, of Adhiruddha Bhav that we heard about last night was the, uh, the, the, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu experienced falling before Jagannath Dev and how the Goswamis located that on the scriptural map, a kind of ecstasy that is exclusive to uh, exclusive experience of the gopis of Braj. So, what was happening in Puri in the person of Mahaprabhu and so on. We made those kind of connections um, last night. Um, so, 
at any rate, the point is that the gopi's love is, well, the queen's love, to, just to give a kind of a basic example of the difference, who is the principal queen in Dwarka? Shimani Rukmini Devi Kijai. And how did she marry Krishna? She was betrothed to, of all people, Sisupal. Hmm? Jai Vijay, one of the two, right? He was Vijay, I think. So, uh, betrothed, betrothed Sisupal, and but her had already given her heart to Krishna. And so, what to do? She couldn't run off and and elope with Krishna. She went so far as to write a letter and send it with a Brahmin messenger to Krishna, suggesting, somehow, I want to marry you. There are obstacles. But despite these obstacles, it has to happen. But it has to happen somehow within the parameters of Vedic law. We cannot go beyond that. So therefore, I'm suggesting that you kidnap me. It's called a Gandharva type of marriage, Gandharva marriage, which means it's only based on infatuation. It's actually a type of Vedic marriage, so you're all Vedically, or have been, uh, married. In fact, it's said in the Mahabharata that only the Gandharva marriage prevails in Kali Yuga. (laughs) I want to tell that to some of your Vedic guys, you know, who want to make sure sure that doesn't happen to you. That's called the Gandharva marriage. It's the only type that works in Kali Yuga. So, uh, anyway, anyway, the point is that that she felt that she had to stay within the Vedic law. And of course, Krishna uh, answered to her reply and kidnapped her and so on and so forth. But in contrast, the gopis of Braj, they broke the Vedic laws. The Vedic laws had no uh, no no bearing on them. They heard the flute, they went. Each one heard their own name in the flute. This is how the, the diksha comes in the leela. Hmm? The, the flute sound of Krishna is described in the Brahma Samhita as, as the um, 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 Gopal Mantra, corresponding gai, Kam Gayatri. Hmm? And uh, Brahma was initiated by it. So in the Leela, so so we're going to get initiated again and again by Krishna. Right? Acharjamam bijaniyam I am the Acharya. Hmm? As Prabhupada wrote in his um, a homage to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati in an, in an assembly of God brothers after the disappearance of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, a celebrated address. The Acharya is, what does it say, one appearing in a multitude of forms for you and I and very uh, clear um, understanding of Guru Tattva. You have to contrast that with some of the things he said sometimes emotionally, privately, hmm, for the moment, which are beautiful also and may appear to contradict, but have to be balanced uh, with the tattva, guru tattva concept. Hmm? Many leaves spread by the wind to distant places, but if they had the same taste, you know they came from the same tree. Prabhupada also gave that example. 
with regard to Guru Tattva. So, here we're one of those leaves blown away. <laughs> we're over here. Uh, so, um, so, what was the point? So, So the gopis, they um, broke the Vedic law. Uddhava, who was who could know the Vedic law better than Uddhava, he was Krishna's counselor in this regard in in, in Mathura, or in, and and uh, ultimately in Dwarka, and he was commissioned from Mathura to go and deliver a message to the gopis, right? And when he delivered the message to the gopis and explained it to them, they understood the message very differently than Uddhava understood it. And when they said, oh, so he's saying this, Uddhava's head started to spin. And what they drew out of what Krishna said was so far beyond what Uddhava could conceive of. that His head kept spinning for about two months. And he walked around the bridge singing songs like about their love hmm? and the love of the people of bridge that he witnessed. So he was the most learned person in Dwarka. He went to the most unlearned place, the cow village, where education doesn't go very high. Hmm? You know, Krishna got his education in Ujjain after he went to Mathura and so forth. Right? They don't even do it in Braj. When he went to, when he went to Mathura, then he was supposed to come back with Nanda Maharaj, but Nanda Maharaj would got got kind of fast talked by the city slicking Basudev who said, Well, you know, he has to get an education and he's here right now. And the learned Sandipani Muni is not far. He's just about to start another semester. <laughs> so we've got to enroll him now and and so Nanda had to come back empty handed bearing the feelings of all the Brajabhasis who were waiting for him to return with Krishna. He came without Krishna after saying he'd bring him back, don't worry. And so when they came back, were they upset with him? You said you'd bring him back. You didn't. No, because they could see that he was feeling not only the separation from Krishna from himself personally, but he was bearing the separation of all of the Braj on his own own shoulders. So in true f- devotee form, hmm, they they embraced him and empathized with his pitiful um, condition that spoke loudly as to their own and they're all on the same page with this in Virahabhav, which is which is so prominent, which is the prominent and distinguishing feature of the manifest Lila, Viraha, separation, whereas the uppercut Lila is is um, characterized in overarching sense by union, right? There's no, he doesn't go to Dwarka there, doesn't go to Mathura. He has Dwarka and Mathura. Leela's there going on simultaneously. But in Braj, Krishna stays in Braj. Hmm? So, at any rate, Uddhava had his, well, his mind blown, right? So, he knew the Vedas very well, and what he was seeing there was something that was not really, as far as he could tell, in the Vedas. Hmm? It was uh, uh, beyond the reach. And, and this is a theme, of course, in Gaudiya Vaishnavas. It comes up again and again. What do we find in the, in the Ramananda Samvad? Hmm? In the Bhagavad Gita, 
of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the conversation between Ramananda Roy and Krishna, where Arjun, Ramananda, becomes the teacher and Krishna, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, becomes the student, the questioner, who's trying to see if Arjun really understood the Bhagavad Gita in the previous Leela. Mm-hmm. Hmm? And so the questions go between Ramananda and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is asking. He wants to know essentially what the Gita is teaching. What's the highest goal, the ideal, and how? what's the means to attain it? Hmm? And as they go back and forth, Mahaprabhu says, say more, say more, say more. And, uh, and Ramananda is demonstrating that he understood pretty well. And Mahaprabhu says, he gets up to Radhadasyam and he asks for more. Hmm? The glory, glory of Krishna and Radha, something more. And, and at the beginning of the conversation, what did Roy what Mahaprabhu say? Answer, I'd like you to answer my questions and please back up each of your answers with a scriptural reference. Hmm? So he does so until he gets to the point where he says, I could say more if you insist, but I can't support it with the scripture. It's it's beyond the scripture. And then he says he gives his poem. His poem is about the the union of Radha and Krishna, where the two because love requires two, and what else does it require? Love requires two, right? What else does it require, numerically speaking? It's big one, it needs one. <laughs> the two need to become one. You and I need to become we. It's a, it's a third thing, right? A dynamic one. So when Radha and Krishna want to become one in love, they come so close to one another that they grind one another like a, like a, like a mortar and a pestle. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you grind, and, and then there's, there's really two stones grinding, right? And they, they, one starts to merge into the other, hmm? right? Gotta stop before that happens because you don't want to get the stone in the in the, what you're grinding, right? But so he's, he's giving this kind of analogy, so that what happens is that Radha and Krishna become so close in love, so a dynamic non-duality, right? Advaigyan tattva, in which uh, in which Radha starts to think of herself as Krishna, Krishna starts to think of himself as Radha, and so the problem is exacerbated, exacerbated. We try to become one, and becoming one, we ended up on the opposite two again, and and of course, Ramananda is giving his poem about this, and Mahaprabhu shows himself as Radha and Krishna, and then as a sannyasi standing before them. He is the answer of the of the, the, the desired Milan, Yugal Milan, the meeting between Radha, Rasaraj, and Mahabhav, two becoming one. The third thing that comes out of it, if you as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Radha and Krishna together in one, and appearing as a sadhu, by which we can learn to have that kind of unity, that kind of dynamic unity in love with the Absolute. So, anyway, Uddhava, this is a theme that keeps coming up, right? This is like beyond the scripture. Ramana says it's like beyond the scripture. Of course, this is the expertise of the Goswamis. They they showed how it was in the scripture, kind of. Hmm? They're very convincing the way they... He wrote about it and and uh, and so forth. Hmm? 
Um, so they, uh, so Uddhava anyway, his mind was was just exploded, hmm? and and he just praised them in his songs for a couple of months, moving around Vrindavan, inspired to be have their, his head touched by their feet, that the intensity of his own dasyabhav might have some element of their intensity as well, the gopis' intensity. So, point being what? That the gopis' love hmm, and Rukmini's love are different. The gopis apparently didn't care if, as a result of running after Krishna, they would break the Vedic law. Rukmini could not go beyond the Vedic law, so her love is somewhat constrained by law. And so uh, a difference between the two, and I'm not sure how we got there, but it's an important point of answering the question, which was that Rupa Goswami was living at Terakadamba. Why was he there? So, um, so the gopis left somehow. Got there, and anyway, this is a special place, the Braj. <laughs> right? This is a very special. It'll probably come to me when I go back to my room. I dream tonight with a thread there, but um, or, uh, uh, so uh, the uh, the, Go- or the Goswamis, at any rate, yes, they lived in the Braj. They revealed the pastimes. They had visions of the of the of the prakat, the manifest leela of Krishna, even when Krishna was not apparently performing his leela there. Hmm? And the idea that Krishna's leelas are always going on there in a, what I call a soft form of being unmanifest, the hard form being golok, beyond ta- the time-space continuum. Within the space con- time, t- time-space continuum, Krishna appears and performs his leela, and Krishna can also be experienced by devotees living within the time-space continuum through meditation, especially living in Braj, and they get experience of the an unmanifest experience of the Leela that corresponds with the Prakat or the manifest Leela that's described in the Bhagavatam. Hmm? So the, the Goswamis were uh, um, uh, in this way living there on the command of Mahaprabhu and his order and in this way experiencing the past and locating them so to speak uh, physically uh, kind of giving some physical dimension to them hmm? and a king would come and give money and build a a temple there, or a, a ghat, or or something like that, to 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 objectify hmm? the subjective experience that neophyte devotees could come and touch a place, and and uh, and Krishna performed this pastime here. But those pastimes are going on; they could be seen, right, by by advanced devotees. And 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 this is an important point brought out in the Goswami's Leela, uh, in the Leela, in in their excuse me, in their, in, in their writings. And uh, we were talking about the example of uh, Jiva Goswami emphasizes, for example, in Krishna Sandarbha, the sportis, that when Krishna left Vrindavan, apparently, to go to Mathura and Dwarka, they would have hallucinations of Krishna hmm? in Vrindavan, the gopis, gopas, and they would wonder, if he's really, is he really there, or is he is he not there? Uh, um, and, and so, 
uh, on different occasions, Krishna sent messages back and said, those hallucinations are real. I'm really there. His mother was cooking hmm? and then having a hallucination that Krishna was there and then giving him the food and not eating herself and becoming emaciated. And he wrote back and said, you know, I'm there, I'm eating that and 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 you're becoming emaciated so you know you have to eat hmm? as well. Hmm? So in other words, he would say, he would reveal to them through the writing that that, that, what, that he knew that he was there. Hmm? I witnessed it. I came. You gave me food. I ate. And then you thought it was a hallucination. You passed out and you didn't eat. Again and again, you're getting weak. You have to eat. I'm there. Hmm? So it's it's a big part of the you know the theology. If you will, Jiva Goswami goes to a lot of lengths to to. Uh, give examples of these types of appearances of of, of Krishna in um, in uh, Braj. Still don't know how we got to Rukmini there, but um, but, with, uh, <laughs> but the gopis. Oh, because of course Krishna is more present mm-hmm. in Braj, even when he's apparently not present to the naked eye, hmm, than he is in Mathura or Dwarka when he's present there to the naked eye because the love there is so intense that he's appearing in these sportis. Hmm? He's at, he, he, it, in other words, it's always on his mind. Hmm? His whole reason for not returning to Vrindavan, moving forward into Dwarka and so forth, was with Braj in mind that it might not be invaded and, and, and so forth where there's no armies and to protect them and so on and so forth. Uh, externally, he's doing something else, establishing Dharma, speaking the Bhagavad Gita, and so forth. But really, his mind is always on the, on on this um, love of the Brajvasis. So the intensity of the love there, excuse me, is very very extraordinary. And I've given a simple example: Rukmini's love is a certain type of Madhurya Rasa that hmm? doesn't reach to the same levels of intimacy and self-forgetfulness. Hmm? There's a kind of self-forgetfulness in the in the Samartha Rati of Braj. Um, there's no there's no s- spiritual selfishness. There's material selfishness, and then there's spiritual selfishness. Perlot is the example of no material selfishness, and from there upward we have different degrees of spiritual selflessness and spiritual selfishness, which is good. Thing, but it's a, it, but by that we mean a sense of self. Hmm? The gopis have no no really independent sense of self. What, whatever is Krishna's pleasure at any moment, that that's their pleasure. That they are just they are just that. Hmm? All the brajabhasis, they are that. Hmm? They from the bade point, abade point of view, they are Krishna playing out his will as he wants to. Hmm? They, they, their senses are extensions of his own senses hmm, by which he does all the wonderful things that he does, tastes all the rasas and so forth. Hmm. So, and again, I mean, of course, in worship, there is some connection that we can make with the object of worship, but the very word worship creates some distance at the same time between the worshiper and the worshipped. In love, that distance, that gap is bridged. Hmm? So there's so the coward friends of Krishna, they're not worshiping Krishna, they love Krishna. Hmm? 
And they, so they love him like you and I are one. We're equals. And they, and they, and they are equals, actually. Hmm. What is the spiritual power of such, such persons in, in, in the Leela and so forth? Well, that's another subject. But so, in, so in Braj, Krishna is always present. His Leela is always going on. The Prakat Leela, the manifest Leela described in the Bhagavatam, is always going on, invisibly, but it's a it's a portal, really. Hmm? Serves as a portal to that, and so it's a it, living there is highly recommended. Jiva Goswami comments that if you can't live in Braj physically, then live there mentally, and so we then we create a Braj. Wherever we are, we establish, we take a stone from Govardhan, put him there, hmm, put our deity, and we witness his pastimes visibly. Hmm. Hmm. So, extended idea. But th- this, is a, this is a soft form, again, of the unmanifest Leela contacted by the devotees. And, and, and the possibility of that in Braj is heightened because of. The place being what it is, and so many saintly persons living there, and so on and so forth, and and if you go, you know, the, every fortnight to go over down at a certain time, you'll see flashing lights on top. And if you go to the northern corner of the Brahmakund, you'll see that flower blooming every day at noon. That tree, Ashok tree, the devotee people can't see; it can only be seen by by advanced devotees. So. Yes, the Goswamis are those type of devotees, and they 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 they, they experienced the uh, sportis of Krishna. They uh, there are other terms also how they experienced the lila, and then they um, got the patronage of kings and so forth, who would then physicalize, you know, make a physical, as I said earlier, objective expression of that super subjective meditative. A reality experience, a hard form of it, a temple, a god, hmm. um, and, and this is the place here, and then you go there and stand there, and I guess. I guess. <laughs> That's why you have to go there and hear from sadhus and enter into the into the into the text, into the into the kirtan, and so forth. Then you get a glimpse and, and know where you are. You're not in a geographical location, and the geographical location is not the real. That's the su- the objective world is the superficial. It's here today and gone tomorrow. How real is it? It's asat. Hmm? It's achit. It's not. It does. It's non-existing in terms of in any any enduring sense, any of its any of its manifestations. It has no knowledge to it. It's achit. It has no love in it. It's Nirananda. Oh. <laughs> uh, but we think it's the real world. Hmm? And then we have to take the super subjective meditative experiences of in that that realm, objectify them to, to make them real, to be convinced according to our faith. So we, we have to gradually move away from this that kind of a Kanishta orientation, shift our, our focus into what's the real world. Hmm? It's only in your mind, Prabhu. Hmm? 
you know, if it's a meditative mind, <laughs> that's, it's worth <laughs> what's coming out of us. It's, yeah, those are good thoughts. And they will, those kind of, that kind of subjective, it's in your mind for where you're living, will have an external manifestation that's very compelling. A mastery, for example, of the human passions and so forth, which is supernatural, right? If you can do that, then you're supernatural. Prabhupada was sitting on the stage with Prabhupada once in um, Hyderabad. He had a lecture to 50,000 people from the fifth canto, teachings of Dev, calling everybody dogs, hogs, camels, and asses, and so forth. Mm. Um, and uh, so afterwards he entertained questions, which he would rarely do. And someone said, Swamiji, can you perform a mirac- any miracle? Have you performed any miracles? And Prabhupada pointed, and I was sitting there, some others were there too, he said, he said, I said, this is my miracle. He has given up sex. And everybody shut up like, that's a miracle. <laughs> if anybody could do it, what to speak of those guys from the West, you know, because they had ideas about what we were like. Hmm. Yeah, you can think about, yeah, that's a miracle. Now that's And that's more powerful and valuable than some kind of produce a gold nugget. Here's a gold nugget, what do you think? What can you do with that? Well, hey, look, if you can produce a gold nugget, how about a gold bar? <laughs> Can we have a bar now? <laughs> That's your power limit. Your God, right? You produce a gold. No, it's the kind of logic, probably. Given this good logic, if, even if you could produce a gold, I haven't seen any of those gold nuggets. But if you could, or they produce some other, well, why not a gold nugget? You know, hmm? some, ashes. some ashes. That's about okay. That's great. <laughs> you know, if from your sacrifice, all you get is ashes. Bhagavatam, Krishna says, in, in his avatar of avatar appearances, Kapila to his mother Devahuti, that if you're in your speaking of bhakti as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, he said, if you don't appreciate other people and see them as temples where I reside, then your 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 offerings unto me that you do dogmatically, and so forth, are are just like throwing, what, ashes on the fire or something like that. Pouring ghee on ashes. It's not a good, you're just putting out the fire. It's putting out the fire. Mm-hmm. And if you put out the fire of sacrifice, then there's no, there's no gain, there's no progress, right? Because sacrifice means giving, that love is born from the womb of, of sacrifice. So we fortunate to be in the company of, through the Guru Parampara, of such sacrifices as the Goswamis who gave their lives, who were gopis, for example, and gopas, like the Dwadasa Gopals, associates of Nityananda, when they came here in sacrificing bodies, hmm, that means sadaka dehas, practitioner bodies, in nana, shastra, vichara, naikadipanosa, dharma, samastapako. No, what is the verse? Um, that too, but they gave the word of compassion they gave the their writings, but Sankhya Purvaka Nama Gananati Bhi. They chanted Sankhya Nama. They, they counted the names of their, their, on their beads, their japa. They paid their obeisances to Vaishnavas and to the deity in the temple, and they showed the way. Rup Sanatan Kusami Ji Kijai. And they lived in Braj, right? So, Rupa Goswami liked Tarkadama, and as I was saying, before I went into this long roundabout um, um, 
extended discussion, that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he started a Brajmandal Parakram, remember? Mm -hmm. And um, and every year they would <laughs> every year they would come and do this Brajmandal Parakram. And so one year after the Parakram, um, he asked Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, what is your favorite place in the or he asked Sridhar Goswami Maharaj, what's your favorite place? What place, you know, really touched you hmm? among the old places we went. And uh, Pujapatrita Marsh responded uh, that was Terakadamba. Mm -hmm. hmm? And the next year when they went on the pilgrimage and Bhakti Siddhanta said to Sridhar Marsh, tomorrow we'll go to your place. Mm -hmm. And he was amazed that oh, Gurudev remembered that. and he's like these aren't just casual questions. What's your favorite place? Uh huh. Okay. What are you getting out of this? How are you? What? What kind of feeling are you getting? Okay. Now I can understand how bhakti is coming to you through me, and and I can help to refine your understanding and so forth. And in that place in Terakadamba, hmm, engraved on the wall there, hmm, is um, either. I can't remember now if it's the whole song of Sridhar Maharaj glorifying Bhakti Siddhanta or one particular verse that particularly encapsulated him and so forth. And it's it's there. So he, his writing is engraved on the wall. Somehow he didn't do it himself, but others did that. So good place, Terakadamba. Hmm. But yeah, it seems uh, in some sense have some. Uh, association with Krishna Balaram pastimes and Krishna Balaram deity is there at Terakadamba. <clears throat> um, so, why is Rupa Goswami living there? Um, is there any, in the invocation of your question, is there any connection with Sakya Rasa in the Madhurya Rasa of Rupa Goswami? And that's a matter of opinion. Um, I'll uh, mostly people would say no, hmm? right? But um, the only disciple of Rupa Goswami is who? Jiva Goswami, who was his nephew, his only disciple. And uh, Rupa Goswami is identified as Rupa Manjari in Kavikarnapur's book. Jiva Goswami is identified as uh, Vilas Manjari. So both in a Manjari Bhav. But uh, but Jiva Goswami in his childhood worshipped Krishna and Balaram deities. Hmm? Worshipped Krishna and Balaram deities, and he was perhaps other than Raghunathas Goswami, um, within the family of Rupa Goswami, which means Rupa, Sanatan, Balaba, the three brothers, and the son of Balaba, and the nephew. Rupa Sanatan, Jiva Goswami. Amongst those, um, the one who was most associated with Nityananda Prabhu was Jiva Goswami, hmm? who Nityananda Prabhu took under his wing hmm? and and showed him Navadweep, revealed Navadweep to him, sent him to Banaras on his way to Braj to learn Sankhya, to Karma Mimamsa, 
the philosophies of the day, hmm? and then with that knowledge of the currents of thought of the day, gone to Brudge, hmm? uh, where he would be schooled further by Rupa Goswami, who by that time had been schooled by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Prayag and, and so forth. So Jiva Goswami learned there from Rupa Sanatana, he was a disciple of, of Rupa Goswami. And, um, and so uh, uh, amongst uh, these, Rupa Sanatana, Jiva Goswami, Jiva Goswami has more than any, either of them by far, in his writings, has shown some affinity for Sakiras, which seems to to be in deference to his early childhood um, worship, to Nityananda Prabhu and so forth. He's fully in Manjari Bhav still. And for example, his favorite name of Krishna is Gopal. Hmm? And um, it's only only in Madhav Mahotsava, a book of his, that he wrote exclusively for the pleasure of Rupa Goswami that uh, he invokes the name Madhava prominently for Krishna rather than Gopal. He also says in Preeti Sandarbha that this is peculiar, but he says, the gopis in Braj, their love is mixed with Sakya. <laughs> That's what he says. Now, uh, we have to go into that at some point. I'm writing about that. But, um, uh, so, he, so uh, I mean, you can't really square that entirely with what Rupa Goswami is written definitively, but you can you can by way of uh, sentiment, deference, some appreciation, and you can find it in a number of places in his writing. If um, some really when when it comes up, hmm, the subject of of Sakiras, for example, in Gopal Champu, in the beginning of the book, where he's talking about the Prakat Leela and so forth, and other places, when he's writing about these uh, Sakiras Pastam, he says some very, he, he's moved, he's very much moved. You can, he, in his own words, remembering these, is in a way that we don't find it in, in Rupa and Tanatana and so forth. So, anyway, he's connected with Rupa Goswami, right, as his disciple. So he had some special, felt, got some special blessing from the quarters of Sakiras in the person, let's say, of Nityananda Prabhu and so forth. And of course, this is all sadhaka siddhas, siddhas playing as sadhakas, and they don't know they're playing as sadhakas, and they're actually siddhas, and so they're going through all the stages of sadhana, you know, very quickly, uh, <laughs> uh, if you will, and the way we're supposed to, but it doesn't always work like that, but as, 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 as Mahabhu said, because of Anartha, hmm, getting in the way. I have no appreciation for the name and so forth. So anyway, so I'm making a real stretch here to you know try to make a connection there in some way with the with the, the sakyaness of Terakadama and Rupa Goswami's desire to stay there. I mean that that's a bhava kind of you know explanation. Someone else might just say no, there's no real connection like that. <laughs> I give them a different answer, <laughs> but. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's a special place. I had the opportunity to go there on a couple of occasions. Terakadam ki jai. Rupa Goswami Prabhupada ki jai. Sujiva Goswami Prabhupada ki jai. Ogur Premanande. Okay, we'll talk for some time. What is the time? 11.42.
Okay, we have to stop there. Shri Shri Gaurana Madhava Ki Jai Vanchakalpaturubhyas Chakrapasindhudhyevacca Patita Nam Pravani Vaishnabhimna Mona Maha Anantakoti Vaishnabhimna